What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to the Nerdwide Podcast. This is episode 78. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Chris Rivers. Chris, how was your week this week? Anything more exciting uh, than mine was? Let me ask that question first. No, my week was pretty dull, actually, outside of what we watched. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, you know, the BB Live feeds has consumed my life. It's going to be oh, that Lord. way for two or three months until at least they start dwindling down on the the people in the show. But this week was absolutely bonkers, and I don't want to spoil anything for the people who are watching Big Brother and haven't caught up to Thursday's episode. But there was a 24, almost a 24-hour downtime from the live feeds. They cut them off because something happened in the house, and... Nobody knew what it was until the Thursday night episode. And okay, so I have to know, how bad was your withdrawal? It was okay. I mean, I still had it up on the because what they do is when the camera, like when they were filming things that they don't want it to see, you know, they put on air, they um, put like local animal shelters up, live cams. It's like you see cats, uh-huh. rabbits, and puppies and things like that. And it says like, if you want to go uh, donate or donate or adopt, here's where you go. I had that little link or whatever. But they had that up for almost 24 hours, and everyone, like, on the comments, they had, like, what's going on? And there were some things that were said that did happen, which I, I saw, so I was very curious to see how that played out. But it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I got a lot of Peaky Blinders in that day. And I am in um, quick TV spoiler here. You know, I've been watching the BB Live feeds and um, three episodes in of the six episodes of the final season of Peaky Blinders. So that's been... The majority of my week, Prime Day, Prime Days were this week, and I got this little box here, new addition to my shelf, which is Smallville Complete 20th Anniversary Edition, complete series of it all, which I'm really excited about because I watched Smallville, I watched the first episode last week because of the Talkville, their watch-along podcast with um, Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum had, um, had aired, and it's really good. I'm really excited to delve into it, so it's just been a Smallville week. If you will, I got really lucky because of the deal for that one. So, yeah, I think it dropped to a hundred dollars. Yeah, for the, uh, I missed it. Uh, but you actually said, for those that don't know that might be listening that are thinking about getting that, you get an Aquaman pilot mm-hmm. in there. I'm so. very curious to watch. I'm at the uh, dig out my PlayStation Four and play it on there, like on the upstairs bonus room. Because it's it's one of those that's not digital. I hate the way that Voodoo does their stuff. Because like movies anywhere, Disney Plus, all of those kind of movies that you get for digital, like we'll put all the extras underneath it, and you can watch it all there. But Voodoo does not do that, so you can't watch any of the extras unless you play in the disc. I'm like, I want to watch the commentaries. I want to do the all that kind of stuff. But I don't want to actually have to put it in like a computer or something. So, but I'm very curious because it's with Justin Hartley. And I'm like, he was Aquaman in the show, so I don't really understand that. So, um, you know, I don't know how that works. So, we'll, I'll see eventually. Maybe this week. Uh, it might be next week. It depends how busy uh, this one coming up is. Work's been real chaotic, and it's just not fun. But, you know, I've got the BB live feeds to keep me sane. But keep, quick to keep you guys sane, housekeeping, don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service. Have your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating for whatever podcasting app you use. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment and let us know how we can improve the show. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. Three different tiers there for three different monetary uh, tiers as well. 
and anything helps and we do appreciate it. Uh, I have already spoiled what I've been watching for TV. Chris, what have you been watching? What was a TV this week? Um, yeah, I think it was, I watched Miss Marvel. Um, Did you catch the Bachelor was... premiere? No. Oh. No. Good. It's okay. Not, I'm not really uh, invested in this season so far. So. It, didn't you say they're doing the uh, the double? Two of them. And it's weird. Yeah. And it's like Jesse Palmer's the host this season. And he's like, we don't even know is. what we're doing. And I'm like, that's dangerous. If, if you guys don't know what y'all are doing at ABC, why are you leaving it up to those two? So anyways, whatever. Right. It was, they both like some of the same guys. There's, It's very drama filled, but Big Brother was much oh, yeah. more drama filled. I like it a lot that, that way. So Yeah. Uh, let's see, Chris. Miss Marvel Episode 6, the finale for Season 1, titled No Normal. Um, we're obviously getting into full spoilers for this one, so if you have not finished Miss Marvel uh, and had not been spoiled by what happens at the end, this is your time to bow out now because we are going to talk about it and it's going to get crazy. We're going to TVLine.com by Keisha Hatchet for the recap. Mm, excuse me. Pick it up where we left off. Miss Marvel Season Finale kicks off with Bruno and Comron rushing onto the subway, nearly escaping the explosion at the Circle Q. With damage control hot on their trail, this is the absolute worst time for Kamran to, to struggle with his powers. Fortunately, though, his uncontrolled light bursts create a barrier against the agents and the pair evades authorities. Elsewhere, Kamala has an important announcement for her family. She's a light girl slash nightlight. But nobody is surprised since Maniba told Yusuf, who passed it on to Amir, and so on. I love I this scene. <laughs> um... While Yusuf is supportive of his daughter's superhero status, he wants to make sure that she's being careful and not seeking out trouble. But as Kamala points out, he didn't raise someone who would sit by and do nothing while others needed help. Again, it, this is a culmination of what uh, the show has been building uh, about family. And I feel like this is what this show does right more than anything is the family dynamic of the, uh, the whole Kamala Khan family. Yeah. Muniba gives Kamala a legitimate costume complete with her very own symbol inspired by Kamala's broken necklace in the previous episode and the red scarf Kareem gave her as, a, as they said goodbye in Karachi. But she isn't given much time to appreciate the present because there was an explosion in Bruno's and he is now missing. Speaking of Bruno, him and Kamran head to the mosque to hide out from the cops. Nakia is quick to point out that this is a terrible idea since the mosque is probably under surveillance by everyone including damage control and the JCPD. The Islamophobia is, the Islamophobia is real. Right on cue, Agent Deaver and her DODC squad burst through the doors to inquire about Kamran's whereabouts. Sheikh Abdullah and the other worshippers are used to cops dropping in without notice and whip out their IDs before the agent can finish her all-too-familiar request. It was a funny scene, but a horrible, horrible, horrible thing that is going on in real life, and I absolutely hate it. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think my favorite person in this whole series, by the way, is Sheikh Abdullah. He has been... Like every episode and every scene he's he's in is by far my favorite, and not just because he took the her Miss Marvel's motto, but it's great. I love him, and he does such a good job. They even offer cookies to the agents and everything, but they they knew they didn't take off their shoes uh, coming into the mosque. But uh, this distraction allows Kamran and Bruno to escape through the back door where they run into Kamala, but she tells them to go ahead to the high school while she makes an important call to Kareem. She asks Kareem for his help in smuggling Kamran out of town and the newly minted Red Dagger uh, comes through with a friend who will meet them at the harbor at midnight. I was expecting a cameo of some sort for who this friend was at the harbor because we never met them. The whole episode, by the way. So I was expecting a big cameo for that, but we didn't. he just shows up in uh, Karachi. Yeah, 
kind of wondering what we would, I, I thought it, I was like, ah, I don't know if it would be Moon Knight, you know, right. like something like that, just to kind of have a little continuum a tie to yeah. something else. That's what I was thinking they would do. Like I was, I don't know who I thought, but I was like, okay, this is going to be somebody, yeah. right? Because you can't just say a friend and turn out not to be right. anybody. So what, what do we know? I wonder, is? I wonder if we get it later. Like maybe it's found out that this person helped him escape so they get brought up on trial mm. She-Hulk takes the case She-Hulk. like kind of tie it back I'd be down for that, that's actually pretty smart Chris, I like where your mind's at here at the high school, damage control locks down the area and outside while the gang braces for a showdown the group includes Kamala, Kamran Bruno, Nakia, Zoe who is filming TikToks in theaters good lighting and Amir who is sent there by their mom to chaperone much like her rendezvous to AvengerCon, Kamala formulates an elaborate plan involving every fire extinguisher in the school and a cart full of softballs. Hilarious. I love this group. I even I really enjoy that they included Zoe in this and kind of bringing her back because we hadn't really, she hadn't really been a part of it since, what, episode two of the show? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that she already knew that she was Kamala was, was pretty funny too because, I mean, she could put up two and two together. She used to be her best friend anyways, so it wasn't really hard to, to put that on. Um, agents barge in are met with a series of home alone like booby traps including a distracting disco ball fire extinguishers falling in the hallways and a giant foam bath created in the chemistry lab during the commotion Zoe streams live to her followers urging them to rush to the school and help out against the DODC as Kamala and Cameron, Cameron hide in the office they hold hands and nearly kiss but interrupted by Bruno always Bruno uh, the latter creates a diversion while the superpower teens get away and he is violently arrested Amir, Zoe, and Nakia are also apprehended after pelting officers with softball. The Home Alone booby traps was exactly what the show is to me. More so of a, a high school trying to trying to bring in that high school crowd into the MCU. It felt like a Disney Channel, Nickelodeon uh, show, M- MCU um, edition, which isn't a bad thing, I don't think. But it's definitely different for sure. But culminating and coming into the high school for this big kind of showdown with the DODC... I thought it was really well done. So, we we've established though, right? That isn't Comron a cousin, basically of a distant cousin. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, as Kamal and Comron hide in the aisle, <laughs> we were, so they all got arrested. Very funny. During a quiet moment, Comron tells Kamala in the face of these threats, he needs his fellow clandestines, namely his mother. Kamala breaks the news that Najma pierced the veil and Kamran pieces it together that she died in the process. In a rage, he uses his powers to fight back against the cops and Kamala intervenes before he can smash one of them with his fist. Kamran then walks outside and is surrounded by armed police and a huge crowd thanks to Zoe's video watching and filming behind the barricades. In her video, she told everybody that in the area that they needed everyone to come to the high school to help. Um, what did they say? I forget how she got everybody there. They said they were DODC was at the school doing something. And everyone got there. It was really cool. I don't remember what her exact reason was anymore. Um, The cops open fire and Kamala leaps in front of Kamran, forming a shield for a light to protect them both. Agent Deaver orders a drone blast that knocks the teens to the ground, much to the crowd's horror. As the machine gears up for a second shot, Kamala utters her famous catchphrase in Big In and does exactly that. I'm going to put a pin there because that was awesome. Was not expecting her to use her, her catchphrase. And I mean, with her suit, we didn't even talk about yet, which was phenomenally just really, really well done. I hate that we get a suit at the last episode, kind of wish it happened in the fifth one, but yeah, you know, 
it, it, it was one of those things when she first said it for that split second. Mm-hmm. I was like, did I just hear what mm-hmm. I think? I, and then, yeah. It looked good, too, what they did with her. Because, I mean, yeah. in the following scene, she was in Big and, and it was it was really well done. Uh, mm-hmm. The much larger hero is a formidable match against the DODC, as is Comron, who's getting the hang of his powers. Though when Deaver points a gun in his face, he can barely contain his rage and unleashes his power, threatening the crowd in the process. A fascinating Kamala forms a dome around them, giving the pair a chance to talk and for Kamran to, fa- to calm down. Kamran is visibly upset, saying that these powers, were, uh, these people are never going to accept either of them because of their powers. That's when Kamala tells him that his mother used her, that his mother used her last moments to protect him, and that she chose him in the end. And when Kamran asks how he could possibly be normal, Kamala points out that, quote, "There is no normal. There's just us and what we do with what we've been given." Kamala punches a hole in the ground, allowing Kamran to escape to the harbor while she uh, brings down her wall of light. As soon as the barrier goes down, the police rush in to arrest Kamala. However, the crowd surrounds the young hero, effectively blocking the cops from getting to her. But Kamala gets away because, you know, light steps. An angry P. Cleary calls Deaver to relieve her of her duties after she disobeyed his orders and opened fire on a pair of teens. So that is a wrap on that standoff. So not only did the crowd surround her, but the local police... Yeah. Like turn around, and yeah, yeah, so good, man. It's, it's yeah, they did so well on this one. Um, in the aftermath, here's where we get to the biggest spoilers and things like that. So, everyone get ready. In the aftermath, everyone is buzzing about the new superhero. Kamala proudly stares at herself in the mirror, wearing her new suit, a picture of her hero, Captain Marvel, hanging right above it on the wall. While talking to her dad, she reveals that she's still figuring out her superhero name. Yusuf then explains how he and Manuba lost hope after having a second child until she finally arrived, and that's when they named her Kamala. Kamala in Arabic means perfect, and in Urdu, it means marvel. Kamala, of course, is amazed to note that she shares the same name as Carol freaking Danvers. Hilarious, hilarious and an awesome way to put that. Um, a week later, Kamala catches up with Bruno and Nakia, who jokingly argue of the ownership of Kamran's car since he fled the country. An earlier scene showed Kamran meeting up with Kareem in Karachi, which, again, missed opportunity to see who escorted him to safety. In private, Bruno confides in Kamala a new development. He looked at her genetic makeup again and thinks they got it wrong the first time. They know how she can access the Nor and why she can wield it, but something in her DNA is off compared to the rest of her family. There's a mutation in her gene. He reveals as the theme yeah, of the is. animated 1990s X-Men series plays, as confirmed by the closing credits. Uh, Kamala quickly brushes this off. It looks like there's more to her story. Uh, they put in quotations here, in uh, parentheses, and Miss Marvel number one, Kamala's exposed to Terrigen Miss under, underwent Terrigenesis, a process that activated her latent inhuman powers, is yet another mutation of that origin story on tap, which the creators of that comics came out and said a long time ago that they were, they were going to make her a mutant or an inhuman and decided on inhuman, but I think it's funny that this is how we get our introduction into the mutants is from Miss Marvel. Very well done, very cool way to do this. But yeah. we're going to talk about that in a second, but here's the last, the next, uh, the mid-credit scene. Additionally, in a mid-credit scene, arresting Kamala is aroused by a flare of her bangle. As she stands up and curiously eyes the bangle, she appears to be yanked through the closet door from the debris of which rises Brie Larson's Captain Marvel, who quickly surveys a strange teenager's bedroom and mumbles, oh no, 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 before dashing off and credits. Yeah. Wonderful. I mean, absolutely yeah. wonderful. We get our first introduction of the X-Men, the mutants, into the show. Mm-hmm. And I think Miss Marvel is going to do a fantastic job of bridging that gap between the mutants and, um, I guess, the normal or normal MCU, just like she did the Inhumans and the, in the Marvel comics. 
and yeah. I I loved it. And then the biggest thing with Brie Larson coming, we you know we hit we talked about for a while who's gonna be the big cameo. We both thought it was uh, or at least I thought it was Monica Rambeau was gonna do it. They're not gonna do Brie Larson because it's too big of a get for the TV show. But sure enough, they got her. Brie Larson, there she was in her suit and everything with her long hair again. And I am in, essentially this sets up the Marvels coming out next year, and I'm really excited about it. So, uh-huh. very yeah. good final, so, finale. Way back early in the episode, there was there was this little bit of humor that they threw in that I loved, where she's on her way to Bruno, right? She's trying to get to to Bruno and Kamran, and she's she's doing her her steps and mm-hmm. through the sky right and she gets to an intersection where there's a red light and she stops and waits for it to turn green oh i didn't even notice that that's yeah. hilarious She's, and i just thought that that's so cool to work that little bit of humor in in mm-hmm. the middle of a, of a scene where she's off to do something but i'm curious you know after we got the reveal of her being a mutant do we think Comron's a mutant I think oh, and, see, I don't know, and, and that opens the door. Was the person at the? Um, because I, I I just feel like Comron can easily be turned mm-hmm. because of his anger, right? Could it have been uh, Magneto, right? If or and that or Mystique? Oh, Mystique! I could really the, see. That met him at the, that at could the be harbor really good. and got him out of there. <sighs> yeah. Man, that's that's a good theory. That's a, um, I think Mystique would be a really good way to put that in there. Somehow, yeah. some way. Or I I don't I don't think it would have been Wanda. But Oh, she's dead. Maybe. Nah, she, Maybe we don't. she ain't dead. Yeah, she ain't dead. Um <laughs> She ain't dead. <laughs> I think this series as a whole is really good. Uh, episode five was probably the most boring one for me, and the one that I was very worried about where the series was going to go for this episode. Um, I wish we would have gotten a lot more of the special effects we got in the first episode, with the text messages on the walls, like the very cool artwork they did in the background, and they kind of did it in some of the episodes, but not to that extent. The first one, uh, but I still thought it was a very good, a very good series. I don't know where it lines up with my list quite yet but i don't know i'm trying to think what is this below moon Knight or not yeah this one's below moon Knight. i like moon Knight better moonlight was just darker yes um but what do you think the oh no 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 meant from brie larson from, from oh, so what I think what happened is because the last time we saw Captain Marvel was in Shang Chi uh-huh. when they were talking about the the bracelets. I think right. that she was investigating it, got somewhere where the bangle was, if not the other bangle, and right. was touching it or something like that, and it activated Miss Marvels, and they just places. switched places. Yeah, I think that's what happened, okay. and that's how we're going to get back but i really 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 want to see emoniba and captain marvel scene together because that's yeah. going to be especially with yusuf and almir that's gonna be hilarious i i did love the line too with uh where, where they're in the school and her brother shows up and she's like superheroes don't need chaperones right that's so good it's like the uh, amani that plays miss marvel is such a good 
it, for her first acting role, this was very well done mm-hmm. for her. And uh, yeah. I don't know if you had a chance to read that uh, AMA on Reddit with her. I did. Yeah. There were so yeah. many good stories of, of how much she loves doing this. And um, like she's that generation's Spider-Man, the, the younger generation. Mm-hmm. And, and she embodies that in a real life level. And the fact that she texts Kevin Feige and emails him in all caps and all the time too cracks me up because she's just a fan like everybody else is. And like, cause her, her favorite character is Iron Man. Her favorite movie from the MCU is Iron Man. And she said she she does not want to meet Robert Downey Jr. because she doesn't think she can meet Robert Downey Jr. because of how nervous and everything she is. And I'm like, I, sister, I feel you because that's and then to be that I don't just, I don't know. She's such a great person. She's the MCU is very lucky to have her. And I am really excited to see where she goes from here. I could see I could see RDJ just showing up on set. When she's yep. doing a movie or something, and just being like, "Hey, um, I'm looking for Amani. Do you know where she is?" Mm-hmm. And like it being her. That'd be it. She wouldn't be able to work her, the rest her, of the day. Yes, <laughs> that'd be a really good Avengers thing to do, like uh, for him to burst in on one of the the new Avengers movies, which we're going to talk about mm-hmm. here in the movie section for our discussion. But yeah, uh, what did she say? Oh, the someone asked when. How did she know? about the Miss Marvel of the Marvel or something like that. She goes, I found out when you guys did, when he talked about it on stage. Because <laughs> she said, I had no idea. And things like that, just, it really cracks. Because we think mm-hmm. that you know, the MCU's got it very much well together. But I guess they don't tell everybody everything all the time. No. I, I've i heard that before, that they kind of, Feige knows where it's going. Right. And then he kind of, there might be one other person that knows as much as he knows. And mm-hmm. then they distribute out what the people need to know. Because the creators, well, not the creators, but the um, the directors of this show had no idea about that cameo at the end. It mm-hmm. was filmed on the set of the Marvels, yep. and then they gave it to them at the last minute in the editing process. It is great. That's so even they didn't know. <laughs> it's... Could you imagine it'd be like, oh, well, I don't know what we're going to do for the post-credit. And you get a text from Kevin Feige, hey, we, we got to take care of it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. We'll send you yeah. something. So. <laughs> So I gave the show four and a half stars. It it yes. is on Letterboxd if if you want to track it. Um, I'm like you though. I think that fifth episode had it been the fourth episode or so. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you take away from the first four episodes to get it there, but I think we needed two episodes after that. Yes, I I, I didn't like it as the penultimate episode. Mm-mm. It was I felt like penultimate episodes sometimes are more exciting than finales are just because it's setting everything up and getting it to that climax. And then you go from there. This one, like the, it was with the train and that was after that scene. I was like, okay, the lady died. Comron gets his powers. That's all I took after that. And I would have liked to have seen that to me, this is where the finale could have done something more. I would have liked to have seen something else with Nani. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't even get like, a send off to her or anything. Uh, she's, is... she's like, she's very much the catalyst to the yes. first part of the series. And then it just gets dropped. So we got to go and they're done. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That makes, I would like to, I, I think I would like a season two of this, like after the yeah. Marvels. Uh, yeah. two, I think that'd be a, a good way to do it because she'd already been spending time with her hero and whatever threat mm-hmm. they're doing. 
maybe even get that second bangle, maybe somehow, some way. I think what it's if they did a, What if they did a combo show? Kind of like Falcon and Winter Soldier, except it was Miss Marvel and somebody else. I can see that with Monica Rambeau. Yeah. Kind of having, because she's not getting her own movie. I don't Mm-mm. think, because she's not that big of a character, but I'd be down for that. I just want, yeah. I want more. I really enjoyed it, and again, it's one of the downfalls of the six-episode series. It's just not not there for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of series, I'm actually really excited about this one. Once they announced it, what it's going to be about, I'm like, you know what? I'm all in for this. The Boys spinoff, Gen V calls the series part college show, part Hunger Games. Go to IGN.com by Adam Bankhurst. Prime Video has revealed that the Boys spinoff series, as being described as part college show, part Hunger Games, is officially titled Gen V. The news was announced alongside a short video featuring the cast of the upcoming spinoff and arrived shortly after the Boys' third season aired its finale. Uh, quote, set, on America, set at America's only college exclusively for young adult superheroes run by Vaughn International, Gen V is an irre- irreverent, ir- uh, irreverent R-rated series that explores the lives of hormonal competitive soups as they put their physical, sexual, and moral boundaries to the test, competing for the best contracts in the best cities. It's part college show, part Hunger Games, with all the heart, satire, and raunch of the boys. The official description reads, Gen V will start Jazz Sinclair, Chance Perdomo, Lizzie Broadway, Shelley Kahn, Maddie Phillips, London Thor, last, awesome last name, Derek La, Asa German, Patrick Schwarzenegger, Sean Patrick Thomas, and Marco Pagosi. I can't, like, that whole description... I'm in. I'm all in. So do they have their own version of Herogasm or no? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they do. That's a college, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It happens. (laughs) Releases this week. We've got Tuesday, July 19th, Love Island, USA. Premieres on Peacock. I'm all in. And then for Ah. my wife and Chris specifically, Thursday, July 21st, American Horror Stories comes out on Hulu. Yeah. I know Jamie is all in, and she is excited because she she's fully caught up. Oh, yeah, she's all caught up. She's seen it all. She watched season one of Horror Stories. Mm-hmm. She liked, I think she said she liked that one. Jamie! <laughs> Jamie! Come here real quick. Tyler just blew out some people's speakers. Yeah. Headphone warning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, the first one was pretty good. Uh for American Horror Stories. American Horror so. Stories. Did you like it better than American Horror Story? Where does that line up on your list? The stories. The stories? Uh-huh. I don't, I don't know. I haven't really sat and rated them because each one's individually different. So I feel like every episode would be rated differently. Does that make sense? Like I would mm-hmm. put it somewhere different on my top ten. Okay. How excited are you for the season two coming out this week? Very excited. Okay. Mainly because Alicia Silverstone has been noted to be in the episode and I like Alicia Silverstone. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. So. Coven's the best. Yeah. Ugh, gross. So, you know, we're we're planning our... What? Me and Chris walked out the top sidebar at some point because I don't know. I totally agree with his top ten. So. Yeah. You know, that's normal how it goes. Um, so we were talking about, like, our Halloween party that's coming up. We're into a theme this year, I think, for costumes. Yeah. And American Horror Story has been uh, listed on there as a potential theme. I'm like, I don't know what to dress up as. <laughs> she goes, well, you're going to have to watch it then. I said, oh, well, I'm good. Thanks, though. So, uh, I could give you some ideas. See? Like where your head's at, Chris. Yeah, that way you don't have to scare yourself to yeah, come watch up with it. She says, you need to watch Coven's. I think you'll really like that one. And I'm like, eh. Maybe. Coven's not super scary. 
Yeah, that's what she said. I think she's like, eh, right. You know, I'll take your word on it. <laughs> but that is it for our TV section this week. Word? So, on the movies. Um, before we get down and dirty I like it. with our main discussion, uh, have you watched anything else? Mm, no, not movie-wise. I don't, did I? No, no movies this week. Bunch of okay. TV shows, different kind of things that way. I uh, I finished up Volume 1 of the Vincent Price Collection. I watched The Mask of the Red Death and Witchfinder General. Mm, I still, I need to put um, that on a list somewhere so I can watch these. Um, very good. Uh, Witchfinder General was 1968, I think, 68, 69. So it's one of the older movies in the in that volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, or one of the newer movies, technically. Um, it's sort of the the British version. I, I think it's going on around the same time as, as we had the witch trials in Salem. Mm. So so you get the the lapse in logic, right? Like there's these people that they're going to, they're going to make sure that they're not witches. And they say, what we're going to do is we're going to dunk you in the water. Yep. With a big and, tree and and if you if you swim, then you're a witch, mm-hmm. and we're gonna hang you. But if you drown, your soul will go to heaven because yeah, you're not you're not a witch. It's like, well, it's a dumb what am I? They were not either way. I, them. <laughs> either way, I'm dying. So right. I'm, I'm gonna fight. Not, not the best um, in human history. Uh, no, that little portion no. of our lives. <laughs> oh, not at all. Uh, I did also watch uh, Major League, so mm, that was that, that was long time. Yeah, that was I've seen that probably about five or six times. Love the movie. Um, two, I remember being I'm gonna watch it and the third one this week. I remember two being not quite as good as the first one, but still good. Right. And the third one, that's not not that good. Not ni- I don't not think I've seen there. the second one to be honest with you. Huh. The second one. So the second one, they have a a new catcher, like a younger catcher mm-hmm. who comes on and he can't throw it a second to save his life, or he can't throw it back to the pitcher to save his life. So he has to recite stats from the centerfold of Playboy to, to take his mind off it. trying to make the throw. <laughs> Again, so it's that's some some different logic there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right, this week's uh, movie review, we um, we watched Dirty Daddy, the Bob Saget tribute from Netflix. Um, I'm gonna say, I think I gave this a three and a half on Letterboxd, and mm. I only rated it that low because. I was kind of wanting more information on Bob Saget. I wanted more discussions, stories mm. that centered around him yep. and things like that. It was basically a, I guess the best way to put it is it was like a wake. Yes. Co- combined with a roast. And the people there were also roasting each other at times so i think 
it was done in the spirit of what he would have wanted to see. Yeah. And that's great. But as someone from outside that circle of people that he knew, it was like, I wanted more on him. Did it, did it feel like you were imposing onto like a, a kind of awake yeah. general? Cause that's how like about halfway through, I was like, ah, I feel like I shouldn't be watching this. Like I was like, it, it cause I liked it. I think I gave it two and a half stars. I mean, it wasn't the best, but like for all the same reasons you're saying, like I was expecting a little bit more of, uh, more of sort of a tribute than it was about songs, and there weren't a whole lot of stories told about his life. It was uh-huh. kind of uh, this happened, and then we brought some more people out. Like the one that showed of his actual, I guess, uh, funeral thing where. Like the whole cast of Full House was there. Michael Keaton yeah. was there. I'm not Michael Keaton. Um, uh, Tim Allen. Like that one mm-hmm. was kind of more so what I was expecting. Yeah. But it was. I just felt like I was imposing myself on a a private event that I should not have been that privy to because it's all of his best friends and his wife um, mm-hmm. singing songs, daughters, kind of him, daughters, and it's just like. Feel like I shouldn't really be here right now, but right. Um, yeah, it, exactly. There's. I thought I thought we were gonna get more of an overview of his life, mm-hmm. some stories told. I knew there were gonna be jokes, yeah, and, and things like oh, you that. You can't have that many comedians it, on there and not have that. Right. Uh, Chris Rock really didn't say a whole lot in the version mm-hmm. that we saw. I'm sure there was stuff edited out um it just felt like there were points in time where he really wasn't mentioned right i'm like it 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 just felt it felt really really weird i did wonder how they were going to do it because um when you're getting the opening credits you see um candace cameron's name on there Mm -hmm. because she appears in the other footage and then they get started at the comedy store with the main part of the tribute. And I'm like, there's no way she's going to be right, part yeah, of that. Yeah, she's not going to be in the building at all. She's super religious. Mm-hmm. And they were living up to the title of Dirty Daddy with yeah. the jokes they were telling and Some and of them stuff were like ha- really hilarious. Some didn't really land yeah. for me. But, um, yeah, I, I saw like a lot of these names. Like I saw Seth Green, Michael Keaton pop up on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Rock, Jim Carrey, you see in the trailer for it, and I'm like, oh, this is this could be like a rotating cast of people just talking about Bob Saget and their lives and everything. And it there was one section like that, but other than that, mm-hmm. it was not really what I was expecting. Like Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle was hilarious, but it was at the funeral scene, yeah. and I was like, I mean, it was okay. I just feel like. This was more so for his friends and family than it was for, like, us. Like, the casual viewers wanting to watch something about Bob Saget. Right. So. Yeah, the the Chappelle bit was... He's he's talking about Saget, and he says, you know, he always made me forget about the little problems I had, you know? Things like being black. <laughs> so so funny, man. <laughs> Makes me want to go see a comedy show so bad. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, it's worth a watch, especially if you're... They do have that montage um, 
I think it was as it was going off where I can't I can't remember who recorded the theme song to Full House, but it wasn't even the exact theme song, but they they built it around that, right? The same tune and everything. I think and Jamie said it was what's her name? The girl plays Stephanie. Because I think that's who was it is. And I was like, once I was listening to it, I was like, that makes sense, but I can't find anything in IMDb about it. So, um, but it's a um, it's a montage of a lot of stuff to do with the show, behind the scenes and on the set and stuff. So you definitely get some emotional um, emotional things there. Um, it was just a very weird experience. I think it was done more for the closure of people who knew him mm-hmm. than it was for anything. And I think they wanted the fans to have something to watch because a lot of people grew up on that show. Right. And I feel like if they'd had about 15 to 20 minutes less of the roast aspect of it and filled that time with actual stories and tributes right it would have come off it would have come off better um jackson brown that especially the first song he did fantastic Mm -hmm. so you, you get jackson brown performing john mayer Performs. I didn't know they were that good friends, John Mayer and Bob Saget. Yeah, yeah. They they each do a song individually, and then they play together mm-hmm. as well. Um, it's cool. It's it's just it's like you said. There's times where you feel like you're you shouldn't be there. Yeah, I'm imposing on this very private yeah. event. <laughs> yeah, but it's worth a watch, especially if you grew up on Full House mm-hmm. or like Bob Saget at all any of his stuff right uh next week we're going to give you our thoughts on thor love and thunder it's spoiler heavy Mm -hmm. so for some reason spoilers all the time if for some reason when that episode drops you still haven't seen it you may want to skip that part of the of the episode we're also going to review spider head so Nothing to a Spider-Man, by the Here's way. It. And it's on Netflix, right? Yes. Yeah. So, good one to uh, to watch. Netflix might be in trouble, by the way. Ooh, for what? They're, uh, it's nothing that they've done, but they're supposed to, I think Tuesday, they're supposed to announce their um, numbers for the quarter. Ooh. And they're projecting, they projected 2 million subscriber losses. But there's talk that it could be more. Mm. That's going to be something we keep our eye on. Their stock price is down like 70%. Yeah, that's not good. No. And it's going to fall more after that. Yeah, yeah. Might be a good time to buy, though. Right. Uh, First up in news from IGN and Rupesh Nair, we have Ryan Gosling. Let's everyone know he wants to play the MCU's Ghost Rider. Gosling debunks rumors about playing Nova while also sliding his interest in playing the Spirit of Vengeance. Ryan Gosling has had a meteoric rise in recent years. 2022 sees him join forces with Avengers Infinity War and Endgame directors in the Russo brothers for The Gray Man, 
which features Chris Evans, Ana de Armas, Danush, and more. Uh, while he has worked with some of the biggest names in Hollywood, Gosling is one of the few actors yet to play a comic book character from the world of DC and Marvel. Go Marvel. Always go Marvel. Over the past few weeks, unless you can be Batman, <laughs> the actor was rumored to be playing Richard Ryder, a.k.a. Nova, in a Marvel project, which was confirmed to be in the works a few months ago. Um... Media personality Joshua Horowitz, who recently interviewed Gosling, stated the rumors about the latter's casting as Nova are false. However, Horowitz also mentioned Gosling has let everyone know he would love to play Ghost Rider in the MCU. I could see it. I don't... I could see it, but I think there's potentially better characters. I mean, they're bringing in the X-Men. Right. That opens up... He'd be up a good Scott... Scott Summers. Scott Summers. I think he'd be a really good Scott Summers. I'm sitting thinking about it. I, I think he could do that. I think he could do... Because uh, one of the original X-Men was Archangel. Mm, oh, that'd be a really good film uh, for him, too. Or... He could probably do a good Beast. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to they're gonna CGI you like they do... Ruffalo. Right. Um, so it's mainly the voice. As long as he's okay with being in several decades of movies, he's these actors got to yeah. understand that. So potentially, yeah, can't I don't just, care if I get a new contract, just, but you can't just do one movie and then be like, "All right, uh, now I want to do it this way or else." Right. No, we, don't, we don't play that. Way. Um, although Norton leaving did get us Ruffalo, so I can't be too upset. Yeah, I can't can't be too upset about that one. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, Daniel Kalua will not return for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which, by the way, drops in November at a theater near you. Um, he will not be reprising his role. By the way, this comes from Variety and um, Elise Schaefer. All these places put their bylines in different spots, and I'm always mm -hmm. searching the room. <laughs> Um, he played Wakabi in 2018's Black Panther, the best friend and confidant to T'Challa, played by the late Chadwick Boseman and the head of security for the Border Tribe. Sources close to the project tell Variety Kalua was asked to return, but had already committed to star in Jordan Peele's upcoming horror film, Nope. Kalua was Oscar-nominated for his starring role in Peele's 2017 hit, Get Out. Don't blame um, me. <laughs> I mean... No, I mean, it, especially if they weren't going to do something major. Like, if he was going to become the new Black Panther. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, a little, I'm in. A little different. A little different scenario yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, but if, if you're going to be in, like, five minutes of the movie, mm -hmm. why would you not do these other... That is Oscar-nominated and with your good friend, uh, Jordan Peele. I mean, they're they're both real good friends, so... Mm -hmm. so I don't don't yeah, blame them at all. No, makes total sense. All right, Tyler. I'm ready. So we teased this last week. And I went through a couple times this week and read this article from Forbes and Paul Tassi. Um, if you're cool with this, what I was going to do, we'll, we'll just do a brief thing and then I'll read what he wrote about each show. I'm down. And we can do a discussion as we go. Yep. You know what I mean? Um. 
So essentially, Paul Tassi here, the article's titled From Black Widow to Thor Love and Thunder, Why Does the MCU Phase 4 Feel So Aimless? And he sets it up by saying that it feels off in a few ways, and it's tough to know what exactly it's is it's going, even based on all the projects that we've seen so far. Um, so overall, when I saw this, I thought, okay, I kind of hear where he's coming from. Before I'd read anything else in the article, I was like, yeah, I, I get it, because there's all these numbers out there about how many hours of material we have mm -hmm. compared to the other phases and we've already blown by the other phases we've and we're not even several of them yeah. yeah yeah and we're not even i think we're right about the halfway point of phase four mm -hmm. so we've got many more hours to go but i also then had to think i don't think people calculate originally shows like agents of shield were canon mm -hmm. oh they're canon and now way. Well, it got multiverse. It got, yeah, so. it got removed from right. the official canon for a time, and I don't think they're factoring in in some of those hours totals. Mm -hmm. Shows like that Good and point. Agent Carter, and Inhumans. so, yeah, RIP. There were a lot of shows tying in, tying in stuff. Not like we're getting with Disney Plus, but this all kicked off. Actually, he has it kicking off with Wandavision. He. Which I guess technically it did, but we know yeah, Black it was Widow supposed to start with Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah. So January 2021, Wandavision. He writes, perhaps an indication that things were going to get a bit weird here in Phase Four. Wandavision does remain one of the era's best projects, a fantastic, a fantastic exploration of grief and mourning. But what ended up being was setting up Wanda to be the antagonist of the next Doctor Strange film. Now she's allegedly dead. But that seems unlikely, that we don't know when or how she'll return. Speaking of full-on spoilers for a lot of things here, so. Yeah, but if you're this if you're this far behind. Yeah, okay, good point, good point. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably not interested anyway. Right. Um, there's not really a lot to say about that one. I mean, no. he, well, he's I mean, right. It's true, know, they, they it set was... up Doctor Strange. We, everything's going somewhere. You know, they're all connected oh. to things, like the other phrases did. And, you know, this is this is not where we start to worry on this one. No. But I, I think it's a case in point that before they were setting up future movies with other movies. Mm -hmm. And now they have this other outlet, so they're able to do a lot more content simultaneously. Right. And create faster connections. So they they can do more. Right. You know, like they're not having to set something up two years down the road. They can set it up two months down the road. Mm -hmm. um, next up in March of that year, so two months later, we got Falcon and Winter Soldier. This show's back in the news right now based on the THR article that seemed to wonder, it's the Hollywood Reporter, that seemed to wonder if Sam would pick up the mantle of Captain America when that was literally what the entire series was <laughs> the about. The dumbest article I read in my life. <laughs> But it does sort of speak to how it feels relatively pointless, given that the end of the of Endgame has Cap handing him the shield. And in general, this seems to be the least well-received live-action series so far on Disney+. Plus. I do not agree with that last sentence. Correct. Um, 
I think it's been very well received. What was Falcon and Winter Soldier's post-credit? Do we remember? It was the uh, Allegra de la Fontaine where she oh, that's right. hands off her business card. Again, felt like the Phase 1 well, uh, with um, Nick Fury building the Avengers uh-huh. Initiative. Yeah. When's the last time we've seen this lady? Was it Hawkeye? No, it was uh, Black Widow. It's the last time yeah. we saw her. Yeah. Which and technically would have been Falcon and Winter Soldier because that was supposed to be before all this. Right. And I think that's this is where you start to see some of the differences hit because of Black Widow getting pushed back in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still ended up putting it on streaming simultaneously. Right. So, right. So yeah. it was like, why didn't why didn't you just do that to begin with and keep mm-hmm. the timeline? Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. Then we had Loki. Another strong entry for Disney+, Plus, one that results in the birth of the multiverse, which is at least a partial thread kind of holding some of these upcoming projects together and also introducing us to Kang, though it still remains an open question if he's truly meant to be the ultimate big bad of the phase. It's looking like, yes, but I'd argue the reliance on the multiverse has been kind of a weak plot point in this phase, as once you open that door, it's hard to create meaningful stakes. Yes, Yes and no, because we know that the multiverse... Like, each one's different. Right. So if our Spider-Man dies, our Spider-Man dies. Mm-hmm. Just because there's another one out there in another universe doesn't mean this one's death is less meaningful. Right. Um, no real I big don't... post-credit on this one either. It was the one where you see those going to be season two. Um, and we haven't really... We thought Loki was going to be the start of all the multiverse with Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and everything. But yeah. not the case whatsoever. So well, we don't really no. don't know. He just let us know that there was a multiverse. Right. Um, technically, we did not get Kang in mm-hmm. that show. We, we got... got the timeless um, one, what his name was. He, he Who Remains. He Who Remains. And, uh, and he ends up dead. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's... Which splits the multiverse in that room, wherever they were at, at the edge of time. But that's all we've had from uh-huh. that. Nothing correlated with anything MCU-wise, if you ask right. me. Right. I wonder if we're going to tie in. This kind of brings up... There's something that happens in Thor that I wonder if they could tie into this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about that probably next week mm-hmm. if I remember to bring up this little this little bit. But Loki was it like he says it's another strong entry. It gave us more comedy because it, it definitely had some comedic moments that everybody liked. Uh, but again, I think it, what we're seeing here, and the reason it feels so aimless at this point, is they don't have to do these major setups. Mm-mm. They can they can do take smaller steps and tell more story and introduce more characters. So in June 2021, we got Black Widow. Uh, he writes a project that should have existed a long, long time ago. Yes, with Scarjo. <laughs> ScarJo's Natasha not getting her due till after she died in Endgame, making this one of the only flashback MCU movies and a very weird way to kick off an entire phase at the box office. 
The movie mostly served to be an introduction to Torch passing to Yelena, who still has been underutilized, but more on her later. As a, I, what was supposed to be the first movie in the phase. Yeah, this was supposed to be before WandaVision, before anything. Mm-hmm. I felt like this would have been a strong um, where are we going kind of film. Because we yeah. had uh, Madame Hydra, whatever we want to call her, starting to set this all up. Uh-huh. But at the, like in the timeline we're, we're doing now, yes, it still backs up um, something we hadn't seen in two shows ago with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So we're still on the right track. I feel like right. Loki is our only little yeah. blip right now of feeling aimless. So, uh huh, yeah, pretty much. And even then, because by the time Loki aired, we knew about Fantastic Four, so yep. it was like it's not totally, but it was open ended. Um, I would argue that she should have gotten her own movie well before Endgame. Uh, a lot of people think that. <laughs> And especially since they killed her off in Endgame, I feel like it would have made it yeah. more impactful. Um, yeah, more impactful. Yeah, yeah. The only thing it does is then you can't end end the Black Widow movie the way that you did, right? Because she's not dead yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Spoiler. Right. We're gonna kill her. Um. Although that could have been part of the end game then, right? Is how do we keep Natasha alive? Mm. That could potentially, knowing what was coming, that she's supposed to die. They could have. Oh, they could. It would have made the, the end game. It would have made it. It would have made her and Clint that discussion about him wanting to sacrifice himself. Right. Much more relevant. Mm. But could have. I don't know. I think they could have done the post credit for Black Widow at the end of Endgame. Because that sets yeah. in, especially if we've already had Black Widow, the movie, uh-huh. it would have set that up more. You're like, okay, haven't seen Yelena. So obviously she got snapped. But, right. or, or whatever happened to her. And then we come back and um, we get Madam Hydra. And everyone starts theorizing after that because, oh, like, oh, Madam Hydra's building a team after Endgame and go from right. there. But Yeah, that, that could have worked as well. So next we got. And it's it's interesting. We got movies back to back before we got another TV show. Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings in September of twenty one. Uh, he writes arguably this, arguably the best or at least second best movie in the entire phase so far. Okay, uh, Marvel really did something significant by turning a relatively unknown hero into a great new force in the MCU. But while Shang Chi will no doubt be a key presence on whatever super team assembles in the future, it has yet to cross over in any meaningful capacity with any of these other projects. A sequel is coming, which could change that, but it's weird that such a standout feature and character have felt ignored since release. Completely agree. About last sentence. I, yeah. I don't know about it being the second best movie in the phase so far. I uh, mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not as good as Spider-Man. No, I don't think... It, mm... I don't think any of the movies here are better than Spider-Man. Right. In this phase. Um, I think this could be third. I can see a third. Because you still have Doctor Strange and Thor Love and Thunder. So, I mean. Yeah. But it's a good it's a good standoff point for um, his character. 
But again, we had the in post credit scene, which was with Captain uh, Marvel and Bruce talking to all of them about the the rings. Uh-huh. And I feel like, I mean, it's a missed opportunity kind of for Miss Marvel, I guess, like to mention this somehow, like the the energy spike off the bangle, like that couldn't have alerted Bruce or Shang Chi. A perfect opportunity to have Shang Chi in it, and he was yeah. like, "Oh, we had a blip that." Or not a blip, because you can't use that word because of the whole blip. What, but. what if Shang-Chi was the one at the harbor? Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, that would be really good. But they should have shown that if he was. Yeah. But that would have been I'm really assuming, well done. I'm assuming they would want to save it, though, as part of a flashback reveal or something like that. Right. Mm. Um. Next up in November 2021, so we got three films in a row with no MCU uh, Disney Plus show. Well, this dropped about the same time as as Hawkeye. Mm. Uh, The Eternals came out in theaters. Um, His first sentence here is, the first ever rotten MCU movie must have raised alarm bells all over Disney. I wouldn't classify it as rotten. Well, it's off of the, Um, the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but I wouldn't classify it as it wasn't that bad. No, I don't. I don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is. Personally, I think they just didn't know these characters, and it mm-hmm. too many characters to shove in a movie. Uh, he he writes, "I'm very much an Eternals apologist, but even I will admit it's far from the MCU's best in any way, besides visually." And I think Marvel had very high hopes for this super team that may now be flushed away because of how the movie performed. This also continues a phase four trend of trying to make new superstars out of lesser known characters. It worked for Shang-Chi, but it did not work to the same extent here. I don't think this is intended to be a super team in the sense that we think of the Avengers or X-Men or anything like that. These are the, I mean, we already have the Guardians of the Galaxy, but these are essentially the Guardians of the Galaxy. These are people that were put on. Well, they're not even really people. <laughs> they're uh, what? What would we call them? Almost inhumans, Clones, right? Uh... That that were put on Earth to be the guardians mm-hmm. of the human race. They're timeless, right? Uh, so it's it's that. It's definitely setting other things up that we're just not privy to yet. Right. And it's just, hadn't done anything with it since. It's another one of those, like, um, not really Shang-Chi, but with, um, like Madame with Loki, Hydra, it took really so long to see. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's. But, you know, we, we, it feels like forever since it came out. It's just last year. It was no, it was November. Yeah. Right. We haven't been a full year So yet. it's like. It's like eight or nine months, and we're we're all complaining. Um, also, in November of 21, we got Hawkeye. Uh, he states Hawkeye is a prime example of the MCU executing well with no real indication of what their larger plan is supposed to be. He did a great job passing its torch to the enigmatic Kate Bishop. Agree. But approaching a year later, we have zero idea when she'll be seen again, mm-hmm. with no Season 2 announcement or any indication she's forming the Young Avengers or joining the new proper Avengers team, or what's going on. And they resurfaced Yelena here 
in a way that seems like a perfect season two could be Kate and Yelena doing things. And that doesn't appear to be happening either, as maybe Yelena will instead be attached to an anti-Avengers Thunderbolts project. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, it's the I same agree. thing. We haven't heard anything about anything but what we, in New York. But what we did get here, um, where it did kind of lay some groundwork, is we got Kingpin back. Mm-hmm. Which is our first and confirmation of uh, the, Netflix. the Netflix people being in the yeah. stores in the MCU. So I, that's kind of leading us down a certain path. And don't forget, we also got the Mockingbird tease. Mm-hmm. So again, we don't know how that's going to come into play. Right. You know that could be tying something to Agents of Shield, the series. Um, because we don't know if Laura Barton is going to be portrayed as Mockingbird, or is Mockingbird kind of like James Bond, where it's a code name assigned to somebody. Title. Yeah, mm. we don't we don't know what's going on there. So I feel again, like we're it's... like eight months down the road from this, right? And but we we haven't heard it. Like they are clearly setting up the Young Avengers. Clearly setting that up. Yeah. And especially with everything going around, I just don't understand when they're going to announce that. I feel like in August at San Diego Comic-Con is the first time Marvel's been there in three years. Granted, the pandemic, yes, but they hadn't been there since 2018. So, yeah. I mean, so we're going to get our first new big thing. Like the, I guess the, the farthest out thing we had was Blade and Fantastic Four at the last one in 2018. And we haven't had yeah. anything new with it besides Blade being Blade's voice being in at the Eternals. end of Eternals. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's one of those like, where are we, where are we where going we also, else for from here? Yeah, you know, and in Eternals, we also met the Black the Black Knight. So right. I, I, it has not been said, touched, done anything with since. Right. Like Kit Harrington needs to be in an upcoming movie, uh, maybe uh, Black Panther two, maybe. As a, as a post credit scene okay. somewhere, but I mean, hell, we don't know anything that's going on with Black Panther at this point. We don't have a trailer. We don't have synopsis. But I mean, okay. so we have a release date. We have a release date. That's all we've got. And uh, an actress that I would not be appreciated if she becomes Black Panther. So does not deserve that. Uh, in December of twenty one, we get Spider Man No Way Home, the ultimate fan service film. Uh, and he says here what most people would probably consider the best movie of this phase, but one that sort of cheats, making the multiverse idea work because it's pulling in Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man from other universes, which is impossible not to enjoy. But even this film ended somewhat awkwardly with a grand memory wipe that now must make the Peter Parker we've spent three films investing in start over from scratch whenever he reappears. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's... But... You know, it gives them a reason to not have Tom Holland back right away because he has other projects. Because these folks don't know him. Mm -hmm. They know of this Spider-Man character in New York, but they don't have any personal attachment to him anymore. So they're not going to think of bringing him in or asking him to help or seeking him out for anything. Right. So it makes sense. It gives you a reason to be able to step away. I think it's the same thing with being aimless. This is another 
aimless movie at the end. Like, where do we go with from here? It's not really setting up anything. Because what was the what was the post credit of this one? Do you remember that? Um, I remember one of the credit scenes was uh, the little drop of the symbiote that yes. was left behind. So I mean, that's not even has anything to do with MCU anymore. Um, I think that was. But now that. it's 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 left in the MCU. Oh, that's right. So that's the only indication of what could possibly be happening with Spider-Man. So I mean. Oh, man, I don't know. I feel like this is a another aimless one for me, because as a as a whole of the Phase Four, I think it feels that way right now. It did kind of set up what happened in Doctor Strange. Mm. So we had that domino effect, right? Um, we have a gap too. From March 21, or December 21 to March of 22, there was nothing. Was it really that long? Yeah. Oh, what did we do in that meantime? <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, well, we had our shows. What, what, Superman we, and Lois we, we had some, uh, When they weren't on break. Yeah. When they weren't on break. <laughs> um, March 22, we got Moon Knight. And he mentions here an experiment in what happens when you take a fan favorite, albeit not blockbuster level character, and give them a series wholly disconnected from the rest of the MCU. It works. Fine. But then again, you have all the same questions about a second season, and if not that, where Moon Knight may appear again after six episodes of an introduction. No answers yet. Again, as we get to some of these, it's like, this was March. The show ended in April. And we're recording this in July. So, mm-hmm. patience a little bit. Um, I think Moon Knight is going to show up. I see him, with who we know about right now, I see him connected most easily to Blade. Yes. And there's nothing going on with Blade right no, now. So no, no. We're war- nothing new. No, and we're working toward it. I thought it, they could have acknowledged Moon Knight and Multiverse of Madness. Right. You know, just... Or Thor. We thought he was going to pop up with Thor, Love and Thunder, with gore. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing mentioned. He wasn't... Uh, we'll talk about that later. Well, remind me next week to talk about Moon Knight and uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. And then May of 22, we got Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, where he says, another controversial multi- multiverse entry... Showing just how chaotic things could get using that plot point, but it serves as sort of a weird blend of a reprisal of an old adventure and strange, the sacrifice of a long-term fan-favorite character as a villain in Wanda, and the introduction of someone new and probably meant to slide into the Young Avengers squad that does not yet exist in America Chavez. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's set up a lot more than what that short paragraph acknowledges. Uh, we saw the red burst of energy when the, uh, and I'm blanking on the name of the place now, but the, the temple collapses. Mm-hmm. Wanda brings it down. We see the red burst of energy from between some of the rocks. Right. Which I think is a clear indication that she kind of, you know, like you said, we can't really use the term blip, but she kind of blipped out of there. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
so she's seen the light, so to speak. Um, I but think I if think we ever we'll see her again, it'll be an X Men story. No, we've got to confirm mutants. I think we'll see her with another struggle too, because I mean Magneto's her father. Yeah. Well, another thing too, White Vision from yeah. Vision. Mm-hmm. Never talked about ever again. Not even in yeah. Doctor Strange, this movie. Not even talked yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, it, the only thing really with this one that sets up Phase Four and forward is with, uh, like he said here, America Chavez with the Young mm-hmm. Avengers. Um, the post credit scene sets up another Thor movie, but not really a Phase Four. Um, what we're building to or going towards, like we don't right. have a a big bad for Phase Four, which I'm like. Who who is it? I mean, it's not going to be anything like uh, Thanos that was set up over multiple phases, but even with Phase One, we had Loki going to be the the main villain. So I mean, uh, we really don't have anything we're building towards. I feel like I thought that there's yeah. multiple people that could pull for that, but they've already said they're not doing an Avengers this phase. So I'm like, what are we? What's really kind of brings all these conversations and what are we building towards? So right. And th- these last two, of course, are Miss Marvel and Thor: Love and Thunder. Now we're not gonna really get into Thor: Love and Thunder because we haven't done our spoiler discussion Let's, yet. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring this article back up next week. I'll talk about and, that. And uh, and Miss Marvel, we've we've really already talked about. And I, you know, looking at his paragraph here, there's not really anything that he offers that we could spend more time dissecting that series about right um he ends the article saying the main with the main issues that he sees a no clear direction at this point regarding forming a new avengers team and facing a unified villain threat b the multiverse introduction makes everything somewhat low stakes again i don't agree and c a bunch of disney plus shows that ride an awkward line between kind of being a tv series but mostly being lower budget movies that are chopped up into 6 30 to 50 minute episodes with unclear indications about their future right here's my thing i think the reason that this feels so disjointed is because they are i think this phase is easily going to be the longest phase maybe of anything Marvel does. Mm-hmm. I think the speculation's right. I think they're setting up secret wars. And I think they're setting up at least five or six different major teams to be part of that, as well as a bunch of other individual characters. We know we're getting a Thunderbolts movie. They've announced that. Mm-hmm. I think they are working toward Young Avengers. I think they're going to reignite the actual Avengers have like a new Avengers or Avengers West Coast or both. Right. I think we get a dark Avengers. I could see them setting up. Um, what was the name of the group? With um, Blade and Ghost Rider and oh. Moon Knight and was it Midnight Suns? Midnight Suns, yep. I could see them setting that up. I, I could see, see them setting Excalibur up yep. with Captain Britain and Nightcrawler and the Black Knight being potentially part of that. And well, see, that's the thing, though. It's we're setting up so much, but what are we? What are we building towards? 
Like, what's the main thing I, we're going towards? And that's what a lot yeah. of people have been questioning lately. And I, I, I do think it's Secret Wars. Mm. But do they need to give us more answers before then? Yeah. You know, um, I think Kang does pop up. I think he is going to be a nemesis, but to what degree? Right. And when? That's the frustrating part. So, yeah, it. I think both sides are right. I think that the side that says there's nothing to worry about here is right because I do think there's a direction. But I understand the side that feels like it's aimless because we're just not getting the answers as fast as we're used to getting them. Right. Because we do have these multiple outlets and because they are doing so much. They're giving us breadcrumbs when we're used to getting like a whole roll of yeah. information. <laughs> and it, we're kind of, or at least croutons, right? Mm -hmm. But we, we just, like a lot of that we talked about is um, really not that far in the past. Like Spider-Man mm -hmm. is eight months ago. Which is crazy to think about. <laughs> but everyone's like, we we need to know how that played. It's been eight months. Yeah, it hadn't even been a year. No. So I think we've just gotten so used to getting so much content. And everybody's kind of kind of wanting answers. I think everything will be relieved uh, in August after San Diego Comic-Con. When Kevin finally gets up there and says, hey, here's what's coming. Here's what we're building towards. And we'll go, okay, I'm, I'm better now because we, we have a clear picture. And I think that's where things like San Diego Comic-Con comes in with the, the timeline of things to come. I don't think we'll – I think we'll be much better feeling. The ones that feel like it's aimless will be feeling better after August. Personally. Do you think he'll do you think he'll do that though? Do you think he'll say here's the ultimate No, but I'll say he'll he'll say what's things. here's what's coming up and we can kind of make our own decisions out of that. Because we so, we haven't had anything for four years of this caliber of a timeline. Yeah, so so you're thinking we'll we'll be more in line for him to say Kang's gonna pop up here. You I know, can see or that. Kang Kang is coming. And you're gonna get your, uh, your young Avengers. Right. I can see him putting everything they, up, and at the end of it is young Avengers or something like that. Something's yeah. gonna happen to, like our Hulk, um, our Thor, and stuff like that, and it's gonna be left up to the proteges to come in and fix it all, somehow, some way. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm excited about it. I'm curious to see where they go. I I would love answers. I'd love for them to post something tonight. Right. Say, hey, this is, They're this really ticking me off, though, because we going. just recorded this episode. So. <laughs> but uh, that's usually the way it happens, though. Right. Uh, but next week. We are, again, we're going to do the uh, Thor Love and Thunder spoiler discussion. So we'll touch on some more of this article mm -hmm. then, probably, with some theories. Um, releases this week in theaters. The Gray Man appears on Netflix. And Nope 
the latest from Jordan Peele is in cinemas. Both those July 22nd. That's all movies. Chris, you've been playing anything fun this week? Anything abnormal? No, nothing abnormal this week. Let me tell you. There's a little game that dropped on Thursday on Xbox Game Pass called Escape Academy. And playing it with my cousin Corbin. It's a co-op game where you can play single player. What it is is it is a bunch of, well, I think it's like two or three people that used to work in escape rooms made their own video game. And it's called Escape Academy. It's got a little story to it. I'm not really paying attention that closely to. But you're you're in these escape room tile type scenarios. So the, the first level is an escape room. You go into it. You solve a whole thing. And you find there's a secret society of escapists. And they have their own academy called Escape Academy where you go to college and you go through terms and things like that. But all, all it is is you're going through little different escape room scenarios and finding clues and doing it. And I'm having a blast. Like it's, up to, it's a 2022 game of the year contender for me. I'm having so much fun with it. And it's on Xbox Game Pass. I think it's $20 uh, just outright. And it is fun. Like I am having – it makes you think. And it doesn't punish you for asking for hints or anything. Um but it, it's fun, and I can't wait to play more of it. I think we're maybe halfway through it. And, like, there are some puzzles I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. But then, like, you look around, and you're like, oh, that's what this is for, and, and things like that. But it's really cool. I really enjoy it, um, especially someone who enjoys the escape rooms. So Yeah. Had done one of those in a long I'll time. Check ago. that out. It's fun. I, if you get Xbox Game Pass, I said check it out because it's, it's a pretty fun one. Yeah. Makes you think. Sometimes games are fun for that, yeah. Uh, all normal news here, PlayStation Plus lineup for July is got released. First one here, that Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade finally comes to PlayStation Plus. Marvel's Avengers is dropping. Um, take you know, take with that information what you will for that game. And then Stray, which is the little cat game that everyone has been clamoring about, which is a first day and date release for PlayStation Plus. And I'm very curious to see how well it does and performs. I'm going to try and play it, see what it's like. I probably will. I don't think it's a game for me, but I am going to try it though because it'll be free. Um, free is good. Yeah. If it's free, it's for me. Noble releases this week as Dusk Falls for PC and Xbox Series July 19th. Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels DLC is free for uh, everybody that's got it for PC and Xbox Series on July 19th. I'll be playing it. Stray, like we just talked about, PC and the PlayStations, July 19th. Severed Steel, PlayStations for July 20th. And Bright Memory Infinite for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series on July 21st. And ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this week's episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and or watching. We hope you enjoyed this week. Don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms. Don't forget to rate and review our show and what you thought about it down in the comments down below. Uh, let us know if you think that the MCU is feeling aimless for Phase 4. Uh, you heard our thoughts, and we're going to talk a little bit more on it and finish it up on next week. We're going to talk about Thor, Love, and Thunder. Spoiler all the way through. Um, we'll talk more about there. But let us know what you think. We can read it on air and go from there. Uh, social media, you can follow NerdWide on Twitter at Nerd underscore Wide. You can follow me personally at Ty underscore Haynes. And you can follow Chris at MavTN7. If you're on the Facebook side of things, just search in uh, the Facebook search bar. Search in NerdWide Podcast or NerdWide. We're the first one that pops up. Hit follow on that one. And those uh, Twitter and Facebook are the first ways that you can find out when we post our live episodes. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching and listening. And we cannot wait for next week's episode. And we'll talk to you then. Thanks, guys. Later, guys. Thank you.